good morning. Good morning. Week number 65. How are you doing? Show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. But I know we need to apologize ahead of time today because we're both having a little bit of uh, internet issues. So yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on. I am. Uh, I'm with Kojiko, and usually my internet is pretty solid. But uh, today it's just uh, dropping on and off, and I'm the uh, show moderator, so yeah. I'm in the studio. So if I disappear, everything disappears. So hopefully, we'll be fine. Yeah, keep our fingers crossed, and we don't have you know scenes where your mouth is wide open and you're frozen. Yep. Yeah. So a. Hey, I'm enjoying this weather. I know. I guess you've been sitting out for the last hour. I didn't even make it outside yet. Today. I, um, if my internet would have been better, I would have been um, outside doing the show today. I'm going to try to set that up for next week. Um, this is so beautiful. I love it. I love the the, the sun, the heat. Like I, I, I love it all. And uh, I love the sun, but I don't love the heat. Oh, man. If it was like this all the time, I'd be in heaven. Like, I love it. Well, I know I can. I sit outside sometimes, too, because I've got the little secret garden with all the shade, the lilac trees and stuff. And I did actually put the paper, June's paper, together in my secret outside. garden on that last day. It was beautiful. It, yeah. it makes such a difference being outside. It and does. Working. It We're versus sitting at a desk inside it. It's just, I don't know, it just energizes, right? It does. Um, yesterday, we um, we went to um, a hike. Like, we, we weren't hiking anyways. I didn't take the little ones. I took only uh, my 16-year-old my because mm -hmm. uh, it was a bit hot. The other guys would have probably died. Mm. Um, <laughs> so uh, I took Mateo and we went around Ottawa and we went to this uh, this hike. I can't even remember the name of it, but it's about an hour and 20 minutes away from here. And it's such a nice conservation area. Like we had this little chipmunk who was showing us the path for Aww. about five minutes. Like he would walk up the path and then he would wait, turn around, look at us. <laughs> then we'd walk all the way to him and then mm -hmm. he would he would take off and go a little further and then he'd wait for us and turn around look if we were going it was so cute and they had squirrels and ducks and and birds that were coming super close to you it was awesome it was really wow. really nice and and i love being so close to nature it really feeds my spirit and yeah. um yeah it was it was just great and it was hot it was really hot but i just i love it <laughs> oh, I know it was hot because yesterday, um, well, I went to the market in the morning. We'll talk about that later. And then I went onto our property after that till about, well, six o'clock and uh, helped clean brush and I'll do all that good stuff. And then we just sat on our chairs, like with everything, all the nature around us, just listening to the the beetles and the birds and, and smelling the smells of the woods. It's just, I don't know, it's just wonderful. It's like a different world, right? Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. So we have a great show today. We have actually, a, a, it's, it's, um, it's a heavy topic. Mm -hmm. It's been in the news for, for the last week. And, but it needs to be addressed, it needs to be talked about, it needs to be um, taken from under the rug and yeah. put in public light so we can uh, find what we can do 
to uh, help the healing. So of course I'm talking about the 215 um, little bodies that were found at a residential school uh, last week. I'm tearing up just talking about it. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Well, I actually attended the walk and it was one of those, I didn't really, I had something else I needed to do, but once I got there, and just feeling all the emotions and stuff, I ended up doing the entire walk because I just felt like I needed to, you yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. just for these yeah. kids. It's one of those things uh, that are, it's it's kind of like um, the march last year for for um, the Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things that you you just, you have to acknowledge and you have yeah. to, to do and, and and the hardest part is uh, is that oftentimes you know something will happen. This comes up in 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 the media, and you yeah. hear about it, and then you know it's just swooped back under the rug, and and then you don't hear about it until the next thing happens. You know, mm -hmm. and so we're gonna talk with a very nice guest. Um, you had the pleasure of meeting her, so I'm gonna let you introduce her. I did. We uh, we're gonna be talking to Gina Lazor. And for all those people that have driven by St. Columbans on 4th Street, you'll have seen a memorial that was set up and lots and lots of teddy bears lined the steps. Gina was there pretty well every day talking to people and, you know, helping, helping everybody heal from this. Raise and Gina, and everything. what's that? raise the awareness and everything exactly raise the awareness of what happened in Kamloops BC and, and Gina is actually quite close to there because she had a lot of her relatives go to that school but we're going to have her talk about it yeah before we bring her in I just want to uh, say something I um I had for for all my life I'm I'm like you know I'm not going to say how old I am but <laughs> all of my life I had no idea this was even a thing. Me I've neither. never been taught in school that this was a thing. I've never been told by adults in my white life that this was a thing. Um, and and I found out about this this year by my son, Mateo, who's 16, who actually was given the book Indian Horse to read in high school. Mm -hmm. And he was so touched by the story that he told me mom you gotta you absolutely have to read this book and i read the book and even though it is a fictional story mm -hmm. it is actually a fictional story that is based on real stories and oh my god like this this was such an eye-opener for me i talked about it on the show um months ago mm -hmm. i told everybody that they sh they had to read this book and this is the first the first encounter I had with with the fact that res residential schools were a thing, I did not know. <laughs> I did not know. So, well, anyways, it's it's a shame that that this part of her, her story was so well hidden. I'm mad that you know. Anyways, we'll bring her in and she can talk about her story. Perfect. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Georgina. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, okay. It's been a really emotional week. Yes. Um, I took a, took a day yesterday just to sit back and relax and enjoy my grandchildren and embrace them and hug them and watch them play amongst other children. It was oh. a really beautiful day yesterday that I just took and took time to relax for myself. It was much needed. 
Yeah, it must have been because it's been an emotional week, an emotional day, I'm sure, on Saturday. Very um, emotional. Yeah. So let's let's talk about residential schools. Let's talk about where you fit in in that story. Um, let's hear your story. Well, I just uh, like to start off by introducing myself again. My name is Georgina Lazor. I am uh, from the Shkwaluk First Nations in the um, white name for that is Pavilion. And it's uh, near the Lowit um, community. So I grew up in the community of Lowit. I went to school with uh, all the children in the community of Lowit. I am uh, happily now, now I'm happy that I am the first generation in my family that never attended the schools, thanks to my parents. Um, however, there was, a, there was times where I cried to go to the schools because at the end of summers, all my friends, all my cousins, all my aunties, all my uncles, they were all taken away on the bus. You know, it was later on, they weren't ripped out of the mother's arms at this time, but they were literally going on the bus and they were being taken away. And I remember crying, I remember crying saying, well, I want to go, I want to go just because all my friends were going, you know, I never knew there was a bad thing about it because my family never talked about it. Even though there was six generations before myself that attended these schools and they, they never talked about it. My granny never talked about it. My mom never talked about it. My uncles and aunties never talked about it. The only ever thing I ever got out of one of my uncles when I was growing up was he was um, the youngest out of my, my mom's side. And he mentioned running away, running away at, he must've been about 10 years old and he ran away from the school. And there was the actual Kamloops Indian residential school that he ran away from and he made it um, approximately 24, 25 kilometers on foot, him and two other young boys. So that's the background that I have and that's how close it is to home for me. So when, when I realized, when I heard about the 215 children, the first day I heard about it, it just kind of went right over my head. It didn't even hit me. It didn't even hit me until a couple of days later, I started really seeing what was happening and what was being said on, on social media. And then I was like, what the hell, you know, what, is this real? And I was like, I was like in shock at first. When I first originally heard about it, I was in shock and I didn't even understand the concept of it. And like I said, it took me a couple of days for it to actually hit me. And then when it did, the tears just rolled and there were tears for the children, there were tears for the mothers, but there was also tears that we could all, finally, us survivors that been knowing the truth for years and years, we could finally speak about it and we could really let the public know that this really happened, you know, and nobody can call us liars no more. Yeah, I wanna interrupt you for one second. I wanna ask, so, um, your parents, grandparents, and everything. What was? Where did they go to residential school? Were they in Kamloops? Kamloops Indian Residential School. 
And some of so, the family went to the Mission Indian Residential School also down the Vancouver area. So this is super, super close to you. This is like, this could have been your parents, your grandparents, your, your, your family members that could have been in, in those 215. That's correct, yes. Wow. And just, I can't to, even... just to reiterate that, just because you brought that up, my mom, my mom actually remembers, remembers being, and I'm telling you, my mom never ever talked about this, but since, since this all started and I started going to the river, I, I contacted my mom and I contact her daily now and I talk to her. Um, and she, she, she never talked about it. Like, and then, and when she did first start talking about it with me, she started trying to remember the good times. So she remembers she took part in dances. So she traveled with dance classes through the residential school. So she was trying to remember the good times of it. And that's all she was trying to remember. But with the 215 children being found, she started remembering things and, and it's taken her a while. Like she's only talked like even just minimal things to me. And the thing that stood out to me most was Again, the Rosemary Adolph that was found, one of the names of the 51 that's already been mentioned so far. My mom remembers being in the infirmary with her. My mom was just a little, little girl, and she always wondered, what happened to her? Where did she go? Now she knows because she was one of the 51 names that were mentioned so far, and there was only 51 out of 215 children. Only 51 names have been mentioned so far. So in oh. in a... Um a viewer is, is uh, saying that uh, it's a minimum of 215. So let's clarify that it is a minimum of 215 bodies that were found. It could be more. That's um, correct. It, it could definitely be more because we have to remember this is only one of 147 schools in Canada. And right now, uh, uh, one of the ones in Nova Scotia is are, are also taking the initiative on their own. They are not going to wait for the government. They have already started their search yeah. on their residential grounds. So that's another one that's already started. And there's going to be many more that's going to search. We have 147 schools to search. I, um, I find it really, really interesting that you say about your mom that she didn't talk about it and that she actually started remembering things because that's one of the big things right is that when you're hurt that much um the defense mechanism kicks in and and i know i'm the same way there's stuff that happened to me in my life that i just probably chose to completely forget and it doesn't even compare you know so i know that um when your your defense mechanism kicks in you probably just bury this stuff so deep mm -hmm. that that you completely avoid seeing it completely avoid and then you don't talk about it so i think that um and then you combine that with the shame because you know you feel shame it's you didn't do anything wrong but you feel shame and so that's probably why um we didn't hear from your side i have many examples like Another example just within my own family that I'd like to share is I remember being a little girl, well, not a little girl, now maybe a teenager going into my teenage years, 12, 13 years old. And at that time, powwows were starting to be held in our community. And I was um, interested and I wanted to know because even though I'm native, 
I never realized I was native, you know? I knew I had different color skin, but I never really realized the concept that I was native because, because again, getting back to my example, being 12, 13 years old and trying to go to powwows and my mom coming in there and dragging me out of there, dragging me out of there, dragging me out of a powwow. And I never knew why she just, she just always come and take me away from there. And I could never understand it. And then just to carry on to that example is, a few years later, when I got a little bit older and I got tired of being drugged out of the powwows, I turned to alcohol and drugs. I started going hang out with other people and I started drinking and partying. Do you think my mom come to look for me then? Fortunately not. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it, it, so many lives have been broken. So many, like my, my heart's really broken. Like, I, I, I can't, I can't even imagine how they got away with stuff like that. Well, we were I, talking about like being mothers ourselves. Like, how could these parents even? I, I like to have your child taken away from your house, and and young children, not the children don't even know where they're going or mm -hmm. why they're being taken away, and the parents have no control. Exactly. And, uh, as oh, a mother, honestly, like open my chest and rip my heart yeah. from it. I'd rather that than than my kids being taken away from me. Yeah. So um, that the fact that the government funded this, that they were behind it, that they wanted to, you know, they, they did pretty much whatever they wanted. You know, there's a, a saying that goes, um, the only thing needed for evil to prevail is for good people to do nothing. That—that mm -hmm. that is all. That is all. That's you know we've seen it in history many many times, and it is true. Mm -hmm. um, so okay, let's talk about the march and um, who was behind that march and 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 why that was, was really, that was really incredible because. Um, Again, my journey started at the St. Lawrence River. I don't know if you girls know that, but um, as as the days went on and I was feeling so much hurt and so much anger and so much confusion, on Sunday night, me and my daughter, we were out and uh, we went out to do something that night and the river just uh, kind of dragged me over there because I've always, I've always loved the water ever since mm -hmm. I was a little girl. I always found strength in the water and I always went to the water and so i went down to i first went down to the the docks over here the harbor and um there was too many people there so then i went i went looking for another place to go where i could say a prayer and i ended up going down to um right there right there to where the march ended it's so mm -hmm. ironic on how it ended there because that's where it started there so I started there, said a prayer there. I don't know if you've had the chance to watch my video there, my live, because I've shared it everywhere, my very first video. And um, and then from there, I came home and I had still had no idea what I was going to do or what, what, what had to be done. But in my heart, I knew some, some kind of awareness had to be brought to the Cornwall people. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because living here for the last 30 years i know that there's a lot of unawareness i know there's a lot of racism 
and there's just a lot of things that aren't being talked about and so I went I decided for myself I says well I'm going to do something and I'm going to start bringing awareness to the city of Cornwall and I'm going to start by finding a church and I'm going to go sit in front of that church to let them know that the Roman Catholic Church was responsible partly responsible for the deaths of 215 innocent children plus more to come so I I went there I asked my daughters to come with me um, I have five daughters and two of them were working and uh, actually three of them were working so the two youngest came out with me on Monday night and I had prepared some clothing that represented five of the 215 children just to give the Cornwall uh, the city of Cornwall an idea of, of how young these children were and I also put on those uh, on those clothing. So I marked things like we had a name, we had a family that loved us. Um, I was only three years old, you know, things like that, just to yeah. bring awareness to to the the extent of what the government had done. And I had also made all the signs that are on the church there. My daughter, my youngest daughter, had helped me. And so we went and set up there and we didn't, ex we didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't even know how long I was going to sit there, but I just felt like I had to bring some kind of awareness to Cornwall. And then the next day I woke up and then I seen Tara's message about wanting to put a march together. Um, Tara and I do know each other through her sister. So I was like, wow. And she's like, I just don't know where to start. And I said, well, I'm sitting at St. Columban's Church. Let's go. <laughs> and that was the beginning of it. Tara came to meet me that day. And um, yeah. incredibly, just more people like Tara brought it all together for me. She just like, I just want you to do what you're doing here. What a, she's like, I think you're bringing awareness. You want people to know what happened. She's like, but I want to start a march. And if you'd like, I could start it here. And I said, I'd love it if you start it here. Yeah, so whenever I talked to you too, and I asked you why St. Columban's, why that particular church, the reason you had it there was because you feel it's central and easily accessible to everybody. Yeah, and, and because it was a Catholic church and also because yeah. it had a nice big parking lot in case I had mm -hmm. a lot of support. <laughs> and you did. <laughs> I was I was really happy. The city of Cornwall is amazing. Like I'm really I'm really proud to call Cornwall my home now because I really wasn't sure again where this was going to go, what what was going to become of it, but um seeing seeing the support on Saturday was totally tremendous. It really touched my heart. I had people come up to me that I worked with and they they're totally 100% supportive of me. That's awesome. And and it's a it's a beginning. Yeah, you know, and um, it's great that it's a beginning. It, but is, where, it is just a beginning. But where do we go from here? You know, because the government itself, they're still they're still working on us. You know, they're still they have what's called the white paper policy now that's been brought and introduced to us in 1969 by Pierre Elliott Trudeau and yeah. that white paper policy is to take all our rights away to take the reservations away that they gave us to 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 kill all the treaties that they signed um with us 
And that policy is still on the table even today with um, his son, Trudeau. Wow. And um, with Justin Trudeau. And also, um, oh, I was thinking something. It's all, it all does come back to the residential schools. Everything that's happening even today, what, what's going on and. And, and just to put in perspective, like people always have this, this idea that, okay, we're talking about something that happened because there was a comment on Facebook and I was so mad at it because somebody had said, well, okay, let's focus on the future. You know, uh, this was long time ago is the past. And this was not a long time ago. The last residential school closed in 1996. Yeah. So we're not talking about hundreds of years. I mean, it went on for hundreds of years, but it's not something that um, that is that is that far away. I mean, my ancestors were part of of you know, my my recent ancestors were part of 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 that era. You know, um, I want to relate a little story to you. So when I was a kid, we had a cottage on Indian land. And my parents, and th that's how, you know, us white people see this situation because we're not made aware of it. We don't know it. Like as a little girl, I did not know better, right? I mean, I was like three years old, I think. So um, it was on, re on reserv um, reservation and we would go there every summer and the cottage would always get vandalized. And my parents would just, you know, I, I don't know if I should say bitch. On, <laughs> on online but anyways my parents would complain and they would curse and they would you know they would say oh you know they would use slurs and they would they would be mad at natives for vandalizing the cottage well little did i know that you know they had every reason <laughs> to vandalize this cottage that was put on their land without their permission mm -hmm. you know i had no idea this was a thing you know and only it's really sad, it's, it's really sad it, it's, that a lot of people thought we were we were dead and like even myself like i said i just got to go back to myself like for even though i knew i was a different color i didn't truly understand that i was native and that only came about in 1990 when i was 22 years old um the oka crisis uh came up and my father my father um butch bob was a chief back then and he um, he he really took the support of the Mohawk people. My father's always been um, really into the land rights and defending the land rights and the people, the people's rights, our rights. And again, that just goes to show you that even even though my father was chief for many years, I still didn't grasp the concept that I was a native person until 1990. Wow. Until 1990, I was 22 years old. I'm I'm 53 years old now. So I've, I've only had that little bit of short time to really start understanding who I am as a Native person, as a Uhumu's person. Wow. See, and, and that's what the goal was, right? We, we keep seeing in the media um, that those schools were there to kill the Indian in them. They were? You know, yeah. so um, that, that really, like how how conflicting it must be to you know try to reconcile all these thoughts about christianity about your native um spirituality about you who you are like uh, uh, i can't even 
imagine like, the arm that was done like it's yeah i i harm yeah the, like say the harm that was done to try yeah, and wipe the harm not arm yeah the harm, <laughs> the harm. harm. yeah to wipe everything out because i had read um a little story from somebody too that was i think they were 15 years old and they were working in the kitchen and they accidentally said something in their in the native language and as punishment they had four fingernails pulled out yeah i'm like how is that even possible to, for anybody to do that because exactly and that shows that they were just trying to stamp out native the heritage everything and like you were saying that the children went there they were not even given it like called by their name they were given a number a number oh my goodness mm -hmm. it's it's um, how horrific it's nothing short of a genocide really yeah cultural it's, genocide yep it is it is and it's turning into genocide because of the 215 that have been found plus the more that are going to be found and then we have to also remember that it's all in north america not just canada i know yeah so, that's that's what i've learned also this week that it is um much further than just canada it's like everywhere mm -hmm. so um but i mean again i can't i can't even imagine a, a parent because it was uh tara that was putting some of the comments and she was putting that the parents could be arrested and put in jail if they didn't let the children go yeah like it could have been awful yeah so where do we go from now i know there were some apologies given like to me i feel that it's not enough like no. you know it's uh it's not enough it's, it's just really overwhelming like you do you just um even me i'm thinking like where do we go from here what do we do i know in my heart what i want and i've always wanted is that we all walk in unity now like we have no choice we're all here we all live in this world together yeah. and we're all humans we all bleed the same we all cry the same we all have the same feelings of anger peace happiness joy love yeah we should all be able to live in harmony that's for sure mm -hmm. absolutely so where do you see this going it's going to have to be a lot of hard work from a lot of people it's going to have to be a lot of um, stories. There's going to have to be a lot of <sighs> education. Education. Yes. That's the word I was looking for. There's just the education is going to have to continue. Like there's a whole, there's a whole history that has to be taught, retaught. The proper history has to be retaught. Absolutely. That's the thing. Okay, so we have an interesting comment. It's not enough at all. Nothing can bring back the children or erase what happened, but we can move forward and we can finally get our own. Okay, uh, I can't hungry. even pronounce I'm that. Sorry, I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, people started on their healing journey. Yes, so healing is, is a big part of it. And you're right, we cannot change history, but we certainly can start teaching it the way it happened because that's, yeah. that's the main thing, right? What angers me is the fact that i've never heard of this in school and i was going to school when it was happening you know um so so i'm glad to see that my son is actually in a school where they actually started to teach these things but it needs to be a lot more than just that it needs to be more than just one course in one year of high school that's right and, and it's a, i think it was not even i'm i'm 
not even sure if it was mandatory class or not, but either way, it needs to be taught from elementary school the real story about what happened when, when people came here, <clears throat> when France, French people came here and, and took this land, yeah. you know? So I'm we sorry. Got a, we got a lot of, we got a lot of work ahead of us. Long That's the way I look at it. There's like, there's like, I was telling my husband yesterday, like, this is, this is just coming out now. I said, we got generations and generations of healing to do here. Like yeah. we're going to, we're going to start it, but healing is going to be for a long, long time in this, uh, in this world. Um, like we're, we're going back right to, right to the first prime minister of Canada. Well, right to Sir A. John McDonald, that's who came out with this whole policy. And then, and then the white paper is being carried on by Pierre Elliott Trudeau and his son, Justin Trudeau is still trying to carry that white paper out. Wow. So I, I, I would think that I, one of the things that needs to be done is kill that white, white paper. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. That sure. needs to be killed. That need, That's where I think that's where we could get mm -hmm. um, the support of everybody in Canada is to write and, you know, let's, let's kill that white paper. Let's get rid of that white paper. That would be definitely a start. The other part is to continue reaching out to the Roman Catholic Church and letting them know that you you are responsible. Yeah. Um, I guess another important thing I wanted to mention is um, BC. BC is um, pretty well all of BC is unceded territory. We never had treaties with the government. We've never had treaties. The where I come from, we're unceded territory. I actually wanted to um, read the declaration at my speech, but it turned out that there wasn't a speaker set. But there is a declaration of the Loa people that I wanted to share with everybody, and um, maybe I can share it on the seeker there someday. Yes. That, way, that way, everybody can see the declaration of the Loa people because it's really important to know that not all, not all, um, not all of us sign treaties. And even so, the ones, even the ones that did sign treaties, they were broken as soon as they were signed. For example, wow. the the Mohawk people. I married into the Mohawks here. My husband's a full Mohawk, and I married into them. And their their treaty with the government was the two row wampum. And the most important part about the two row wampum, you stay in your vessel, we'll stay in our vessel. Let's work together and we could live in harmony. But as soon as that treaty was signed, that treaty was broken because they still had their policy to distinguish us, to kill us cultural, to take our culture genocide away. And I also mm -hmm. know you guys program is about positivity. So I'm going to bring some positivity here because part of the part of their their plan was to make sure that none of our people were successful. They said that we could never be successful. But you know what? We have judges. We have doctors. We have lawyers. We have nurses. We have social workers. We have teachers. We have politicians. So to me, that's a positive because I do have to start looking at the positive because if I continue looking at the negative, it's not going to bring me anywhere. 
so no. to start saying, yeah, although you guys wanted to kill us, we still took what my grandpa Sam told me. He's like, child, child. He's like, no matter what. He's like, you learn the foreigner's way. You learn the foreigner's way because they're not learning our way. He's like, we'll always have the advantage. He's like, so you learn their way. So my grandpa Sam put that in my head. You learn the foreigner's way. And one day we're going to use it against them. This is it. Yeah. This is it. We're going to show the government that even though you didn't want us to be successful, we have many, many successful people out there. And that's that's an awesome positive message. It is. Um, but also, you know, this is Monday morning motivation. And I sure hope that your story has motivated the hell out of people to take a stand and stand with you guys and, and really move forward and put pressure on our government. Yeah. So, um, my husband is asking if he can uh, jump on and say something. Absolutely. Okay. I'm on in. His name Hi. is Roger Lazor. That's Hi. my husband. I know. I met him at the church on uh, Saturday. Yeah, I was just gonna say if you could just inform the white population, like like you're you, like, like you, um, that's fine. Let, uh, let's let uh, I want you to understand the white paper. It, it, it's connected to the residential schools, and along with the, the Pope and the, the government and the first and the first Prime Minister of Canada. I will uh, definitely we, dig we into want, that. We want the white population to know what's going on with that white paper. Yeah. Yeah. That's and again, I, that was something that we didn't even know. See, about. never heard of it before this morning. So That's what um, I mean, you none, nobody knows. No. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely going to dig into that one and and research it. And um anything we can do, please uh get in touch with us we'll gladly if you want to do a video about that declaration that you're saying georgina we can post it on our on our um facebook page we can help spread the message you know we have the vehicle so why not like we're we're a hundred percent behind you thank you yes my my husband's actually um from texas but he's from the aztec tribe he's uh he's like 50 percent um aztec so um and and it's funny because before i was with him and he looks native so he gets the racism here mm -hmm. right um before i was with him i've never really experienced this i did not see the prejudice because you know when you're white and you're privileged and you're going through life in your white privilege status you you you're oblivious to all this you don't mm -hmm. you don't notice it because unless somebody points it out to you and raises the awareness you don't see it mm -hmm. so when when he actually moved here i started seeing how white people are treating natives and i started seeing with my kids too because my kids are all looking native as well you know so they get it as well yeah. and as a mother it's it's like heartbreaking to see the prejudice that's and, a, and that's going to be the hardest one to break is the prejudice and the racism. And I really don't know how, because just for an example, my daughter came here yesterday and she was upset because she had gotten a message from uh, her cousin and her cousin was out shopping at Freshco yesterday morning, trying to shop for her family for the week and um, was approached by a gentleman and was 
attacked, like racially attacked. And she ended up just leaving her groceries and walking out. So um, I don't know how we can change that. I don't know how we can reach some of the people because some of the people, you know, they're just so they're just so indoctrinated in their own yeah. beliefs. Um, and, and I want to say that in this area, um, the racism towards natives is probably the most prominent from all races. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I mean, there's racism and prejudice for, for, for Native American people, for like uh, not Native Americans, sorry, African Americans, mm -hmm. um, um, you know, Middle Eastern. There is some um, racism to some level, but I think the most racism is really uh, aimed towards Native Americans. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's sad to see. Anyways. Well, at the end of the walk, too, with the, the closing, um, the, I don't, I can't remember who it was that was speaking. The gentleman was saying that, you know, we live so close to each other. We need to be able to get along with each other. And it's yeah. true. And uh, it, it all goes back so to true. tolerance, right? We need, yeah. we need to be tolerant yeah. and, and accepting of other cultures. It's, it's not threatening. We need to realize it's not a threat, you know, no. right. it's, 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 it's live and let live and let other people be. Anyways, yeah. Georgina, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. No, and your husband popping in for a little bit. <laughs> because I know he was guiding you from from in the background. We yeah, he's, he's a really big part. He's been amazing. Like even even he didn't know what the hell I was up to. Like I don't even think I did. I just did. I followed what my heart did, yeah. and it all came together the way it should have been. Um, I just like to mention too, for a lot of people, if you're really wanting to learn a little bit more, there is a movie out there and it's called, we were only children. Okay. okay. Very, very good movie that would give everybody an explanation, a little bit more explanation of what, what happened and what the children experienced. That's awesome. So I'm going to put a, a list of resources, uh, that I'm going to put up on the website today. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put like the links to the books, the movies and, um, the white papers. I, yes. I don't know if they're downloadable white paper somewhere. Policy. But I'll, 1969 yeah. white paper policy. That's what it's called. Perfect. It was first introduced by Pierre Elliott Trudeau and it's still being pursued by his son, Justin Trudeau, the prime All minister right. today. Perfect. We'll, we'll put that all up today and i thank you again for being with us have a fantastic day awesome thank you all for having me uh, cornwall community you guys are tremendous i'm really happy and i feel proud that uh cornwall is my home today and i'm so happy that we connected thank you thank you so right. much thank you for having me again everybody have a lovely day peace love and joy bye-bye bye, -bye. bye, -bye. Thank you. what a story Man, yeah. I was, I was, my tears running down my cheeks the whole damn time. Anyways. No, I know it was going to be a more heavy. It was an emotional, enough. it's an emotional thing. But, you know, like I said, our show is called Monday Morning Motivation. Yeah. So motivation takes a, a lot of different, um, you know, meanings. And, and I hope this motivated people to, you know, see the, the story for what it is. And, you know, face it, face it, own it, accept it, you know. And, I, and I have such a hard time. Like she was saying that uh, her cousin, well, a member of the family, I think her daughter's uh, cousin or something had gone and was attacked at Fresco. I, I could not even imagine doing something like that because we are all supposed to live together in harmony. I just don't understand why people can't. 
Yeah. But there are some people, and like she says, it's it's going to be a hard job to change their mindset. It is. And we'll do our best to um, be behind that and try exactly. to help, help and educate. All right. So but I do want to mention oh. that we are not just going to leave it at this because next Monday we're going to have Tara Francis on the show with us we're gonna she's gonna come on the show and she's gonna talk about a fundraiser that she's working on right now and tara was actually the brains behind the walk okay but unfortunately she she did do the walk but in a wheelchair because on wednesday she had surgery on her leg i was just talking to her a little while ago and she's healing but but she uh she was just not well enough to stand there and talk and everything but she's going to join us next monday and 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 talk about this a bit more because awesome. her and uh and georgina were together in this venture great all right so now it's time for I have to cut it short because I didn't edit it again. <laughs> so, oh. so you didn't okay. put the right food in. So I'm just no, going to give a little right background food. on this one too. Now, on Sunday, the Waterfront Farmers Market took place. This was yesterday at the Civic Complex parking lot. And I got to say, what an amazing setup. Uh, organized so well by Brenda Norman and Tom Manley. And uh, so visible. Like, what a great place because you drove by and you saw all these tents. Where was it exactly? In the parking lot? It was lot? actually in the parking lot at the Civic Complex. So okay. it was not something that you could miss. Like, there was a sea of white <laughs> tents. So you knew something was going on. Uh -huh. So there was a lot of people attended. And all the, um, you know, the physical distancing and the mask wearing and the hand sanitizing, everybody had to do all that. It was mm -hmm. all governed by the Eastern Ontario Health Unit. All the policies were in effect for, you know, the safety for COVID. And it was so well done. Like, there were so many vendors and I went in to check them all out and I am going to do an out and about about it just okay. today. So I'll post it, but I was on the lookout for something that we were wanting to be doing is finding local foods to munch on and test. And so I came across a booth and I talked to the two uh, guys. It's called elevated eats. Okay. There they are. Now, I had a bit of a hard time because right now for photo purposes, they were not wearing their masks. But of course, they were wearing the mask when I was talking to them. So I'm like, who was I talking to? <laughs> <laughs> I know that guy in the black shirt. His name is, oh, geez, is uh, Tyler Green. Mm -hmm. The other one is Alan, Elaine Maltese. I hope I'm saying it right. And there's a third person involved. And she's the pastry chef. And her name is Jordan Phillips. So she wasn't there, but um, she did make part of what we're going to be testing. She made what's called the Parker House Rolls. She made the bread for us. And the other part. Okay, I'm going to get back on the big screen so people yeah, can get on the big screen so, and make sure you take so pictures is, yes, before okay. we take it apart because <laughs> we've okay. got a report on it. So we've got some rolls, but what really got my attention was bacon flavored jam. Okay. Bacon. 
And that is what is in these little jars, bacon flavored jam. So we know that bacon is everything. Bacon is life, right? Well, I, I can, I'm trying to visualize what it could taste like because I like my bacon. I don't eat it often, but it has to be very crispy. So I'm not sure. Is it going to be crispy bacon taste or something? Um, good question. I'm going to. And I know you said that. Of, oh, that can you read good. the ingredients that are on it? Obviously, I can't. Bacon. It's it's too it's too. Do you uh, have a loop? No, I don't have it. And I had a label on mine, and I don't know what happened to it. The label's gone, but I do have a loop. So I think what we'll do is we'll contact the guys yeah. at Elevated Eats, and we'll find out I exactly see garlic, what garlic, bacon, onion, garlic, rosemary, thyme, uh, maple, vinegar, sugar, hmm. uh, paprika, chili powder, and pepper yeah salt and pepper and something barbecue i can't see the the rest but it looks good to me let's smell it all right oh wait oh i, I want to show the little bread it's kind of like oh i didn't bread. even open mine yet take pictures are you taking I pictures i did i did i and left my phone jam. on the uh in the other office because i didn't want it to ring in here so i don't know no, let's see this me. jam oh my goodness look at this jam it looks delicious now they were telling me that some people put it on their burgers and oh yeah Ooh, i could whoa. see that okay i'm gonna smell the Oh, that smells good. It smells really good, but it almost kind of has a chili kind of a smell, do you think? Yeah, like a, a little bit. Like mm. a, a bit of a spicy smell. It, oh, are you going to be okay? I'm hoping. <laughs> I, I, I just want to kind of put It smells lovely. I'd like to put a candle wick in there and light it and kind of <laughs> put that smell through my house. It's a okay, really I'm nice I'm going to break the bread. Here we go. Mm. And I'm going to put some jam on my little piece of bread here. Oh, these breads are so cute. <laughs> they are. Well, I'm ready to go when you are. Let's this is my bite. Check oh, it out. I can see onion in there. Okay. Check out my bite. How much did you put? Oh, quite a bit. Yeah, I want to taste it. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'll pause. It smells so good. Oh, I can see the bits of bacon in here. Mmm, that smells so good. Uh, oh, I can between the roll and, and the mm. jam, it does smell good. All right, are you ready? Yep. One, two, two three. three. Mm. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, that's good. Mmm. Yeah, it's just a... A really nice overall. It's not. It's not spicy at all. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Hmm. No, there's no spice, so it's really nice. Yeah, because it's a gem, right? So you would think it it's sweet, and it is sweet. Hmm. Hmm. Lots of pieces of bacon in it. Lots of pieces of bacon and lots of flavor. Mm -hmm. Very, very flavorful. I could see that on a hamburger. That would be really delicious on a hamburger. Or uh, crackers or mm -hmm. things like that. That's really good. 
there's That's real good. real nice balance of sweet and savory in there yeah right yes and everything that you read we could pronounce so mm -hmm. the main thing is an ingredients my mother always said if you can't pronounce it you shouldn't eat it everything right. you read was easily pronounced so it's all it's all relatively healthy oh my god my my husband's gonna love this yeah you're gonna have to hide it if you want to keep it well i hid it yesterday because i was afraid it was not going to be there this morning because it says bacon right anything yeah. that says bacon in my house goes like this so mm. yeah look at it it looks see it's really oh wait mm. there we go wow bacon jam keep taking pictures and send them to me we got to do our post who would have known bacon jam? Well, that's why when I heard them talking about it, it's like my ears perked up and I thought, well, that's kind of interesting because, uh, you know, you have raspberry, strawberry, like all those jams, but bacon yeah. jam. Mm -hmm. Very, yep. very good. And yes. these are like three guys, uh, well, two guys and, and a girl that are starting this business and they make different foods like this. And um, they're going to be at the farmer's market on Sunday. What else did you see that they make? You know what? There was so much stuff there that I... I, I, I see some some oils on the picture that you... Uh, I'm going to put the picture back Yeah, on. put the picture up. I see uh, lots, lots of, of jams. I see, I think, some ketchups and mustards maybe? Well, they make custom food too. So if you've got anything that you can't tolerate, they'll work around it. They'll, you know, customize things so uh you can eat it um they were also where was i going with this jesus lost my train of thought oh, oh boy i'm seeing your moment <laughs> i'm sorry oh, i shouldn't they have were also you. taking recommendations of things that people would like to see mm -hmm. you know they would make it and i know one thing um slippery jacks was what i told them I cannot find these anywhere. They're actually pickles made with the cucumbers. When the cucumbers go yellow and yeah. they kind of get overripe, my, uh, my, well, I'm not going to say ex-father-in-law because yeah. he's still my father-in-law, right, from my previous marriage, but he loved Slippery Jacks, and it, he, that was a huge thing. So whenever we could find them, he just loved them. Wow. But there's so many pickling places that don't know what they are. And these, these guys didn't know, but they're certainly going to look into it. So cool. hopefully they'll be producing those. So check out check out their uh, website, elevatedeats.ca. Uh-huh. And um, are they going to be at the farmer's market? Yeah, uh, that's regularly? what I was saying. They're going to be at the farmer's market next Sunday. I think it looks like they're going to be a permanent uh, vendor. Yeah. So check that out. Farmer's Market is every Sunday from now until October. And it's on from 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock. Yeah. And All it right. was, I, I thought it was just wonderful. It was very well set up. With cool. COVID, I wasn't sure how it was going to work, but uh, the organizers certainly made it work. Well, that's good. That's right. very good. So rating, what do we rate this at? Um, One I'll, to give ten. It a, I'll give it a solid 9.5. I'd like to give it a solid 10.5. <laughs> <laughs>
it's really good folks yeah really it good. is it is it's uh like you said i think um it would go very well on a charcuterie board yes right yes like you know sometimes you see a little bit of honey that is being served with uh with like the cheeses and the crackers and the, the meats like this would go super well um in that combination it would it's uh Awesome. Yeah, I'm going to have to finish it for the rest of my breakfast, even though I already had breakfast. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, um, you know what? It's almost 11. That's that time of day. Wow. Um, time flew by. Time flew time by. Flies when you're having fun. Yep. Don't forget, if you have any events, you can go on our website at theseeker.ca and uh, click on events and then you can click on submit your event uh, things are going to start reopening so you can go and advertise your 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 happenings for free in that calendar of events don't hesitate and um, if you have anything you want us to try for food just send an email to info at the seeker.ca wonderful because we do want to eventually get back to our four pages of events and happenings and let Hopefully. people know what's coming up. But uh, I'm seeing a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. It's starting to look a little more active. So that'll be yeah. nice. And I think yesterday was really nice because people have not been going anywhere for so long. Mm -hmm. And the farmer's market was there, but there was a steady trickle. Steady That's trickle good. all That's day good. long. So nobody was kind of crowding near each other or anything so it was super nice awesome all right well have yourself a great day people and have yourself a super duper week see you next week bye bye